0: Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to this week's episode of the Legal Beagle Podcast. We are joined by Patrick McGroder. Now, for those of you that are in this profession, you may think there is only one Patrick McGroder in town, but there are two. And we are we are privileged to be talking to Patrick the IV. Am I right? Right, the younger and better looking one. Much better looking. The, the other one, hey, eesh, time has not been kind. So the reason I wanted to talk to Mr. McGroder is because he worked as a criminal defense attorney for quite a few years before he joined us on, in the, the civil bar doing civil justice work and specifically in, in personal injury. And he's, he's spoken about and has a wealth of knowledge about the interplay between criminal law and personal injury. And and I'll give you an example, and then I'm just going to turn it over to, to Pat so he can talk a little bit more about this. But you get hit by someone who is cited for a DUI. That's a very basic example. It can get way more complicated than this. But let's just start with that premise. What do people need to know? Sure. It's real important
1: to get involved early um, with the criminal defense attorney. Criminal defendants have a wealth of information, Jonathan, that uh, personal injury attorneys can use. In securing some sort of compensation for their clients. Uh, the elephant in the room in every, every single PI case is whether well, there's insurance. Um, you know, we deal with cases where we walk into a uh, hospital room with individuals that have suffered catastrophic injuries and uh, there's no insurance. And for example, like you just mentioned, um, with the DUI, uh, a few quick issues come to mind. You know, where was this individual drinking? Um, where was this person before the incident? Um, this can raise certain issues regarding dram shop cases. Um, no one knows best than this criminal defendant. Um, let's say, I'm going to take your example and put it to a new level where, uh, the individual that gets hit is, suffers some sort of fracture, um, is killed, whether it's a vehicular manslaughter case where this particular defendant is now facing prison time. here in Arizona, about maybe about 10 years ago, the state enacted Victims' Bill of Rights, which gives certain rights to victims here in Arizona. Uh, that being said, a victim in this case has a right to be hurt, has a right to be present, has a right to go to all the court proceedings, and then has a right to be heard regarding recommendation for a prison sentence. So, uh, manslaughter here in Arizona carries a term it's been a while, Jonathan, so don't hold me to it. Approximately 15, I think 25 years, 10 to 25 years. And so when the prosecutor um, reaches out to the victim, uh, wanting a recommendation, victim input is essential. Um, So what we do and what I think everyone should do is get involved with this criminal defense attorney, pick up the phone, say, hey, I got an angry victim here. Uh, who wants justice, Um, if your client is willing to do the right thing and help secure some sort of insurance, um, compensation for our client, you know, uh, then maybe we can do something about a victim's recommendation. Now, not every case uh, is a case where you can get involved. Some victims want blood. Some victims want the death penalty or want a client to go away forever. But I found uh, picking up the phone and reaching out to criminal defense attorneys,
0: these particular defendants have a wealth of information. Do you take the, your client's temperature first before you reach out to the criminal defense attorney? You
1: have to. Okay. It's all about managing expectations. Um, in any case, uh, whether it's criminal, whether it's a family law case, whether it's a PI case, you gotta be pretty upfront with your clients early, set expectations, don't overpromise. promise. Um, it's a delicate, very delicate process that you have to tread very lightly on because um, victims and victims' families are, are very angry and they want justice. So uh, what does justice mean though? To certain families, it means the defendant goes away forever. Um, other families, you know, uh, maybe getting a college fund for a grandson or a child of a parent that was killed at the result as a result of this guy's uh, or girl's negligence. So um, it has it has
0: a lot of different meanings. Do you find that defense attorneys are receptive to these phone calls? They should be. The experienced ones should be. Um,
1: and if you get someone, maybe a newer attorney like myself back at the public defender's office and I get a call from somebody, um, you know, you should have an open mind. And if they don't, then you can be straightforward with them and say, hey, listen here, Um, my victim is willing um, to at least potentially hear you out and what you have. Here's how you can help. Um, we uh, We need the receipt from the bar. We need your client's credit card statements. We need your client's insurance policy. Uh, what's the homeowner's policy look like? Homeowners is um, a real interesting um, faction of our law where uh, the common misconception is that homeowners, you know, protects you from a storm uh, or if your house gets run into or has some sort of damage, but it also protects individuals for individual liability, for committing negligent acts. For example, if you and I are wrestling and I throw you down the stairs and you break your neck, then there might be a situation where my negligence caused your crash or your injuries. So then uh, my homeowner's policy may um, cover your injuries. Um, Obviously the other elephant in the room is uh, intentional acts. Almost every homeowner's policy has an intentional acts exclusion. So um, a lot of attorneys will pass on, you know, cases that have criminal elements. My, my thinking and my words of wisdom from the podcast here is, Take a second look at these cases. Um, Try to get involved where maybe the criminal defendant pleads to something other than an intentional act. Maybe in an aggravated assault case, you write in a factual basis, aka what happened in the case at the time of plea agreement, where it says so-and-so recklessly discharged the firearm instead of intentionally. That way, when it comes to presenting that uh, argument to the adjuster. Um, well, so and so adjuster, look, this is a negligent based act. Look at this plea agreement, that can just help you uh, moving forward against uh, what will inevitably be the insurance company, which is which helps you by getting involved early because a lot of criminal cases um, they have a shorter lifespan than uh, than civil cases. So, for example. Uh, Here in Arizona, the RCC, I think it's Regional Court Center, is a Turnham and Burnham type program where they get a complaint filed from uh, the county attorneys, you get court within the month, you could potentially resolve that case in two months. So it's important once your client steps in the door and there's an underlying criminal case is to check Maricopa docket, criminal docket, see if there's been uh, charges filed, see if they've uh, retained an
0: attorney. Uh, reach out to them immediately. So two, two um, follow-up questions. We talked a little bit earlier about the victim's advocate bill and victim's rights, I should say, victim's rights. We get asked a lot, restitution. Right. Talk to me about your opinion or your thoughts on restitution. Restitution is tough. Uh,
1: It's all about collectability. Um, So let's say Uh, you do have an individual that has significant insurance and you're able to recover. Um, Like a very wise individual said, Jonathan, uh, you can't double dip. So um, when requesting restitution, uh, it has to be something that the judge will approve in the criminal context. Uh, Stuff that you haven't been able to recover, um, such as additional property damage that you didn't get uh, from the settlement Um, whether or not there wasn't, if there wasn't enough um, insurance to cover lost wages. uh, Sometimes you can make that request. I have a case right now where uh, the individual was struck by someone that was uninsured, no license, uh, wasn't his car, had zero insurance, obviously. And so my gal's million dollar bills are just sitting there. Well, we're not going to, we're not going to try to get an order Uh, with for this guy to pay a million dollars because both of us and everyone listening knows we're not going to recover from them. So the catch is, um, let's say it's a vehicular crime uh, with a felony attached to it um, and this individual gets placed on probation. There's a specific court that handles probation uh, for offenders that have high restitution and the court can supervise and make sure that the individual that caused the crash that resulted in the client's injuries pays up. Um, Some of the sort of motivating factors are extending probation potentially, uh, potentially uh, incarceration, if there's a willful non-payment. But I've seen court where they come down on these uh, criminal defendants and make sure that the
0: victim is compensated, so. So I know we're at the 10 minute mark, but I have one more question. It was about uh, the exclusions and policies. You talked about exclusions for intentional acts and homeowner's policies. Can you talk just a a second about exclusions for punitive damages in automobile policies? And what I mean is you don't have to dive into it, just what you've experienced or how you deal with that when an insurance company is saying, we don't have to pay for punitive damages, we don't care if our guy was drunk.
1: Well, we haven't come across that too much, Um, but, you know, when sending a demand out to an insurance company, We make sure to put a highlighted section about the gross punitive type negligence um, in terms of what a jury will perceive this um, at trial and what, what would piss off a jury, you know, that this guy was a 0.3 that had prior DUIs. We make sure to put it all in there and say, Hey, this is your insured. Um, You're opening yourself up here um, by putting this guy back on the street and insuring them. So really happy, uh, really happy to be able to, come talk with you, Jonathan, and share these important uh, kind of nuances that a lot of attorneys don't know. I agree. Will you come back and, and uh, join us for another podcast in the future? Anytime. Maybe we'll bring the old man, too, so we can go back and forth on a few issues. Oh, that'd be a blast. Thanks, Pat. All right. Appreciate